0: your veins with your hosts Matt Dolly, Calvin Shoemake, and
1: Jeff Mueller.
0: Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. This is episode forty-two, and we have one of the few greats out there ready to do a little bit of Mardi Gras bead throwing. He's looking to see a little extra, something, something special from Calvin and Hobby. We got Hasley with us. Did
2: I say that properly, or did I screw that up? No, man, it's fine. I, I go by uh, Hazley, Hazley, it doesn't matter. Either one. Well,
0: as we know, we we PFF kind of threw something out there. Our partner, of Crime Jeff, kind of threw back out there. We don't fact check here, much like PFF. We don't do any fact check on our of so
1: we just kind of let it roll. You say it confidently and just like you know, act like you know what you're talking about. Just we we, we let it roll.
2: Yeah. No. Thanks for having me on. Uh, that was quite the intro there. Uh, that was uh, impressive. I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I totally screwed that up. I completely botched that. I'm trying to bring people in, and it, all of a sudden I couldn't hit the go live. wasn't going live, and it was, oh yeah, it was just a mess. But hey, like like Calvin said, if you do something confidently enough, if even if you're screwing up, if you're doing it with confidence, people will buy into what you're doing. So uh, that's kind of the model here. <laughs> throw them off some little hand gestures, a little misdirection, and you're all set here. That, that's that's kind of dingus 101 for strategy on podcasting. So for all you kids watching, the hand is quicker than the eye. But <laughs> uh, we've got some interesting news coming out here, and uh, we've heard some rumors involving your Carolina Panthers here about possibly, possibly selling the farm for one to Sean Watson. What do you make out of all that, Jeff? We know you're a huge Panthers fan, so mm-hmm.
2: got to hear it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different factors at play, right? Uh You're looking at if you're going to trade for, for Deshaun Watson. Uh, uh, the analysts are saying that it's going to take three first-round picks to get it done, and that's just, uh, that's just a start. I mean, there might be some other things as well thrown in. Um, but now there's talk about well, what happens if Carolina trades Christian McCaffrey in that deal as well? Mm. Maybe McCaffrey and the, the eighth pick in this draft. Could that get it done? If not, what else is needed? And who would benefit from that? Who would would be on the winning end of that trade if, if Carolina traded their eighth overall pick and mm. McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson? Is that enough? What else is needed? So I mean there's there's that talk, and I, I don't I don't know if Carolina is really serious about trading Christian McCaffrey, I don't really see that. He's kind of the face of the franchise right now. Um, so I don't necessarily buy into that. However, because it's news, we're talking about it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, we have no football right now. So now we're, we're, we're looking at draft, we're looking at free agency, and we're looking at crazy uh, trade possibilities. But... Um, as far as Watson goes, uh, I mean, there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons. Uh, the, the cons is the cost. How much would it take to, uh, to get him? Uh, as I just mentioned, the draft picks, um, you also have to take a look at his injury history too. Here's a guy who's had two ACL injuries. He's 25 years old and he hasn't missed a game or he's only missed one game in the last three years, but he's got two ACL injuries, a back injury. Um, uh, what else, what else? Uh, uh, wrist, I think. Uh, so, I mean, there's some, there's some concerns there, but I mean, as far as the good side, his contract is good. You, if you trade for him, you've got him until the end of the 2025 season. So, um, yeah, that's pretty good. And, uh, the, the price that you're getting at is, uh, 12, 29 million a year for him. I mean, you've got other quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is one. Jared Goff is another who are, is more than that. So I mean he's a good value at 29 million. Um and uh, Carolina wouldn't have to pay for the um uh the signing bonus. That's already done. So that's that's all done and out and there's no dead cap money that way. So there's some there's some reasons to target Watson and then there's also reasons not to. Another reason not to is because if you give up all those picks then you're not going to have those players that you would have had for those picks. And Carolina is not really that they don't have a whole lot of cap space, although they just released K1 short, which gave them another nine million, I believe. So now they're up to twenty, what are they, twenty-four, twenty-three million, something like that, uh under the cap. So it's possible, but you know, like uh, this is just all rumors right now. There's nothing really cemented into a possibility of of him definitely coming to Carolina. It's just all talk right now.
0: What, what's so when, the pulse? Sorry, Gal, I'm cutting you off here again. What's the pulse like? Is Deshaun Watson played his ball in Clemson, not mm-hmm. too far from
2: uh, Raleigh, mm-hmm. Carolina? There, so the pulse is people will do. They say uh, they want him. Uh, I mean, I ran a, just a, a poll of people around in the area, Panthers fans, and uh, I think it came up seventy percent of, of interest in, in wanting to do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson now. I mean, there's, they also may not understand the, uh, the, the ramifications of what it would take to get him. However, uh, that, that seems like the pulse around the Carolinas is, is, yeah, let's get, let's get Deshaun Watson and let's have him. Uh, we could have him for 10 years, right? And, and if he, if he continues to play the way he's playing, I mean, that, it's got to be uh, a feather in the cap for the offense. And uh, defense be damned. We'll figure that out. But, um, The majority of the Panthers fans, I believe, want Deshaun Watson if they can get it done.
1: So, Jeff, you you say um, defense be damned in that. And I know we talked a little bit about this, you know, when we covered the Panthers last week. And again, appreciate you coming back on. Uh, Matt finally gave me a chance to speak here. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, like. You so last season, pretty famously, Carolina spent all their draft capital on defense. They went out and you know they made sure to make that investment. Now they do have Teddy Bridgewater, so I assume he would go back in the deal or there would be something worked out, you know, with him. But I I know that you know getting rid of Christian McCaffrey would be a big deal, but Mike Davis was okay last year and certainly seems like. If anybody could absorb it, like you get the the push from those defensive players, get entering their second year, a little bit more familiar with the seat with with the uh system. You didn't change defensive coordinators, you still got Joe Brady there. And man, Joe Brady and Deshaun Watson would be fun,
2: yeah. No, absolutely, it would. And if if they did go to the route of Mike Davis, they would have to sign him because he's a free agent this year, too, right? So, right. Um, that's, uh, that's another thought, but, you know, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And that's all has to do with McCaffrey. Um, huh, Yeah. I mean, defense is the biggest issue. I think, you know, they've got Brian Burns is a really strong edge, edge, edge rusher. Um, they, they've got to find some sort of a, a, middle linebacker who can just be a, a not only good in coverage, but just good against the run as well. Uh, they just released K-1 short, so they're short on the def- on the interior defensive uh, end or defensive line. So I mean, they've got some issues and some areas that need to be filled, and some of those I think are going to be filled in, um, you know, free agency. But I mean, you, they can't spend all their money on on their uh, their needs. They've got to they've got to be able to develop that through the draft. And if they if they trade picks for Watson, that just makes it a little bit more challenging and more. More difficult.
0: Yeah, well, we don't. I don't see them. Even if they have all those draft picks, they're not going to invest it all on defense again, are they?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, probably not. I would hope not. I mean, hopefully, offensive line is addressed in there as well. But uh, I would imagine corner is in there, linebacker, uh, perhaps you know another edge rusher or you know interior defensive lineman. So there's there's possibilities, offense and defense.
1: Jeff, uh, just to talk a little bit about, I guess, what's going on in the world of dynasty football right now. We know you got your uh, obviously you cover the Panthers really well, but you also I mean, you've been a fantasy analyst, you know, for a long time now. Um, What do you think about like as you're looking at, you know, there's already been a lot of moves. I mean, this is this has the potential to be like a. Pretty turnover laden offseason. I mean, there's a lot of potential moves in the quarterback market and things like that. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about your leagues, your dynasty leagues, things like that. Like, who are you thinking about is going to be, you know, gaining value this offseason and who are you thinking about is losing value?
2: Mm. A gaining value. I still like I still like uh, James Robinson in Jacksonville. Um, I have him as a top 10 dynasty back right now. I have him ahead of J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift. Uh, And the reason why I think is because he's a do all everything dual purpose running back. And Jacksonville is on the up and up, right? They've got Trevor Lawrence coming in. They've got five picks in the top 65 in this draft. So they're going to have some players. And I don't think that uh, they're going to, I don't think they're going to tack on running back in some of those picks. I think they're happy with Robinson. Granted, this is a new coaching staff with Urban Meyer. So he's, Robinson's going to have to impress him again. Or impress him for the first time, I should say. Um, but I mean, he's got the tools and the talent to do so. I there's some people who are down on Robinson. I'm not. I'm not down on him. I'm, I'm fairly high. Um, so he's one. Um, I'm, I'm kind of down on Elvin Kamara, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. One because we saw that uh, with Breeze, you know, he averaged like eight targets per game. Without him, with uh, Taysom Hill, that dropped in half four targets a game, and uh, he obviously was not a big part of that uh, New Orleans passing game, which is what we see so much in terms of his fantasy production uh, as a receiver. And if that goes downhill, where's Kamara going to be? So he's someone that I'm down about. Um, Let's see, who else? Um, Hmm. Tony Pollard, I think, is turning some heads. I'd be really interested to see, you know, what he's able to do because it seems like Ezekiel Elliott is kind of going down as well. He's definitely not going up. Um, I would say that Elliott is going down and Pollard is going up, and we could continue to see a little bit more of a balance there. There's a lot of questions about Dallas, too, especially with what are they going to do with Dak Prescott because he's a huge piece to that offense, and their offense pretty much rolls based on, you know, who's their quarterback. And of course, their defense needs to improve too. But I'm sort of down on Elliott and up on Pollard. Um, I really like Cam Akers. He's someone that uh, I think is going to have a, a fine season next year. Uh, T. Higgins is, start, is not only starting to move up, he is moving up. Um, Brandon Ayuk, I like in San Francisco. Really like what he's able to do. I love the offense there. Um, I'm really curious to see who's going to get Devonte Smith as a rookie. I think he's going to be and Jamar Chase. Both of those two, I think, can be uh, real strong uh, their rookie year. You could throw Rashad Bateman in there as well, uh, and even Jalen Waddle. I would put Waddle a little bit lower though, and Waddle and Bateman are kind of like um, uh, hand in hand a little bit, in my opinion, in terms of rankings. I've had uh, I've I've seen drafts where one goes higher than the other, and then it's the opposite. So um, you know, I'm also interested in Rondell Moore. Kadarius Tony, you know, just to talk about rookies here. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are some of the players. I don't, I'm sorry to, to keep rambling, but those are some of the players that I'm either interested or I'm kind of fading as the offseason kind of approaches. And we just finished the Super Bowl. So, um, I mean, this is going to be old news in a couple months. Right. And everything's going to be all new. And we can talk as things uh, happen and as they occur. And we kind of we do that, especially in fantasy, especially in dynasty. Uh, it seems like things change from week to week, even day to day. It seems, especially as we get closer to um, more changes that are gonna, that's going to happen with free agency, with the draft. Um, and we could have eighteen, nineteen different quarterback changes you know, like starting next year. You know, of, of quarterbacks who might have played last year, but now they're with a different team. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. But and we're just getting started. I love how you touched on the rookie class there. I'm a huge Jalen Waddle
0: guy. He's my wide receiver one, but Mm -hmm. it's such the class is so good. I'm not going to argue anyone for having Devonta Smith at number one Mm
2: -hmm. or
0: Jamar Chase at number one. I think those guys are very interchangeable. And depending on what you're looking for, because Jamar Chase offers you something that Smith and Waddle don't necessarily offer you. Waddle offers you all kinds of explosiveness. Like you watch his film Mm -hmm. before his injury, Teams like Georgia were actually rolling their coverage over to Waddle's side rather than to Smith's side the first four games of this season before he went down the injury. Just to kind of tell you where Waddle is as a player. Not No knock on Devonta Smith. I got him at number two and I got Chase at three. And I love Rondell Moore. It's going to be a fantastic him. Elijah Moore. And those kind of guys are fantastic fits for Green Bay or the Chiefs or mm-hmm. these type of offenses that can really get these players involved kind of in that Randall Cobb coming out of Kentucky kind of feel, especially Elijah Moore. I get a really Randall Cobb feel about him. So I think this year is going to be a fantastic year in the draft evaluation going forward because there's so many good players available. I don't think you can really be wrong on too many of them.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting as we approach – rookie drafts and dynasty. And, and that's the, that's the fun part about dynasty is rookie drafts can be any time between literally now and uh, you know, right before the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, where team, where players are going to go, you know, what, who, who they're placed with, what coach is going to be able to work with them. Uh, the offense that they're going to fit into. That's, that's such a huge piece. It's almost difficult to look at mock drafts, even Uh, Before free agency occurs, because then you don't, you still don't really know what each team's going to do. Once free agency hits, you kind of get a little bit more of an idea. Okay, yeah, so they didn't target running back in free agency; they're probably going to get one in the draft, or you know, along those lines, right? Um, Philadelphia is Philadelphia going to take another wide receiver? Uh, You know, after screwing up, not being able to get Justin Jefferson last year, Um, Mm. and uh, maybe settling for Jalen Rager. Are they going to go after Jamar Chase or potentially Devonta Smith? Um, you know, shoot, we'll find out. I'm of the notion
0: of I like to watch the world burn. I would love, love, love the Eagles to draft a quarterback in the first round because that would just make my day right there. <laughs> um, before we get on, we got about uh, – let's go four more minutes of actual football talk here. This year is kind of an unprecedented year because there was no gate admissions coming in, meaning the seller cap's actually going down this year, which means we're going to probably see guys we typically wouldn't see get cut as cap casualties this year, more so than any other year. I know the Raiders are probably, like Terrell Williams is a good cap. He's about $11 million they would save by cutting him. Uh, You look around the league, there's Short was already one of them. Like, there's some big-name players that are going to get cut, and there's going to be teams that are probably going to get good players on good deals when it's all said and done.
2: Yeah, no, that is something to definitely keep in mind is that uh, with, a, with a lower salary cap, teams are going to have to be forced to move some of their players or, or release them. I mean, so that means more for everybody else. Those who have the the higher cap space, right? Like the Colts, the Jaguars, the Jets, um, all three of those teams have s- at least 70 million or more in terms of uh, salary under the cap. So it's going to be interesting to see what those three teams are looking like as we head into the draft, because and Jacksonville, as I already mentioned with all of their picks that they have, uh, I mean, shoot, five, five picks in the top 65 and they have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 total picks. So uh, I'm just really excited to see what Jacksonville is going to do, even though I'm not like a huge fan of, of urban Meyer. Um, and I, I don't want to see him necessarily, I don't want to see him fall on his face, but I'm, I'm concerned that it might happen. Uh, but it seems like the stars are aligned for Jacksonville to do something and that could be the complete opposite of what I think might happen. So I'm sort of pulling for him, but I'm not a big urban Meyer fan. I
1: I, I kind of wonder if we're going to see maybe some, um, some shorter term deals, maybe even like guys that we typically think of as like in a typical normal off season where we're not going through a pandemic and we, you know, the salary caps not getting cut,
2: mm-hmm. they
1: might be signing multi-year deals and we would be thinking about them in terms of like, you know, they just signed a three year deal or w- whatever it is. We might see some one year deals that have more incentives or whatever, and it could create some uncertainty for us as dynasty owners. I mean, like, Could like, we're kind of going into you know kind of an unprecedented time as a dynasty fantasy football owner, um, where we could have to you know think about these guys and not sure they're just taking a one year deal and they're going to be maybe somewhere else the next year. Like you said, the system that they're in matters, the coaches are in matters, and you know, some of these guys you know that have that certainty, you know, might be guys that we need to move up a little bit, and um, so. I don't know, like, like, how are you thinking about this offseason and preparing for it and thinking about that with your dynasty leagues? Um,
2: Well, for me, I'm, I'm looking at the the players I already mentioned uh, as far as t- players to target. Um, anyone that's, uh, like, for example, LaVisca Chanel is, an al- is another one on Jacksonville, just because you've got Trevor Lawrence coming to town. Uh, you've probably got, you know, other, you know, new quarterbacks coming with the Jets, right? You probably have... um. Uh, the Colts are having a, a new quarterback, so I'm targeting guys like Paris Campbell uh, or Michael Pittman. Um, I'm really interested to see what Los Angeles is going to do with uh, Matthew Stafford and how that offense is going to function. Um, so Cam Akers is someone that I have an interest in uh, as a running back, but also you know the receivers too, Robert Woods, uh, Cooper Cup. Um, I'm sort of interested in Van Jefferson, but I'm, I'm not and, and I was last year, I was pretty, fairly high on him last year. And I know that he's kind of going through that rites of passage. Um, Josh Reynolds actually might go to Detroit because he's mm-hmm. got that, uh, uh, the background with um, uh, Detroit's GM, which name is escaping me Brad something. I don't remember. Um, but so there's a tie in okay. there. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of looking for opportunities to improve my team from a dynasty perspective. Uh, Trying to find that that player who can come in and uh, be a difference maker for my team. uh, Sell while while players are hot, and buy when they're not quite. um, You know, they're still warming up. You know, I don't I don't like to necessarily buy players when they're starting to get hot. I'd I'd rather do it beforehand. But I also, you know, kind of know what I want too. Um, I I think this might be a good year to to buy Odell Beckham. You know, we haven't really Mm. seen him with uh, with the Browns offense playing well. And uh, the last time uh that we have that we did see Beckham, you know, who's kind of struggling, the owner was probably like, "Oh, what am I going to do with this guy?" But I think he could have a pretty decent year next year and uh, he would be able to pay some dividends. So, he's someone that I'm interested in. Um
0: yeah, the last time we saw him, I think it, his catching really went to crap. Oh come on!
2: Uh, (laughs) That I I, am I missing something here? Is there an inside joke? uh,
0: No, no, it's it's my it's well, it's definitely not an inside joke. Um, (laughs) Just kind of goes back to
1: Odell Beckham's. uh, There were reports uh, about his fancies and uh, what he might uh, appreciate, Um, but we won't have to go there. This is a this is a family show, Matt. Come on. Is there a
2: Cleveland steamer topic in there somewhere? Yes. Uh, Yes, yes, there is. Yes, there is. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Didn't know anything. Also,
1: don't Google it. Yeah. Oh, boy. So there's no easy way to transition from that um, (laughs) into our next topic. So so I'll just go in and, hey, we're going to totally change topics. And this is something I've been asking all of our guests. I'm creating a... um, a playlist for all of this. And what I want you to picture is you're, you're, you're either a closer in baseball or you're a uh, professional wrestler, let's say. And it's about to be your time to either go into the ring or go down to the mound. You're coming out and the music hits. What music is that? That's your or, intro or, music.
0: Or Calvin's walking out and you've got a bunch of beads around your neck. Huh. What music do you want to be playing when you start throwing them beads?
2: <laughs> now, I'm a big rush fan, so something from Rush. Either uh Spirit of Radio or Tom Sawyer. Um one of those, even Red Barchetta. Shoot, I like I like it all. Um, I'm a big classic rock fan, so maybe even some pink pink Floyd. Um, yeah. but uh Rush or Floyd, that would that would be my pick.
1: I love that. Good stuff. <laughs>
0: So we're talking, it's a little bit older here. You know, Rush, Pink Floyd. Um, how did you get involved in fantasy football? Like, How did that first, I know we have another question that kind of follows up on certain message boards a little bit later, but how did you get involved into fantasy football? And What did you do as a kid? Like, were you a football guy? Were you a baseball guy? Because we're getting kind of a mixed review as we go through these questions. And it turns out so far, a lot of people are more into baseball. I don't me, I grew up as a hockey guy. So... Mm-hmm.
2: What was Jeff? Uh, Jeff played a lot of soccer as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I played soccer. I, I also played football once. Um, th- football really didn't appeal to me. Uh, it was uh, like Pop Warner football. And um, we had practices in the summer. I had a really hard coach. Uh, strength and conditioning was was paramount, was so important. And here I am, I don't know, what am I, 11, 10, something like that, right, playing football. Um, it was three weeks before we even touched a football. We were just running around and and uh, then then became uh, running around in pads. And I'm like, when are we going to play football? Where, where's this football? And, uh, you know, of course, football, the NFL versus Pop Warner is, you know, the you 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 get a, a carry and a, and, a, and five yards of dust in, in Pop Warner pretty much. Whereas, you know, in the NFL, you, you've got your wide receivers making great plays. You know, of course, you got to have a good quarterback in Pop Warner football in order to have a, a good receiver. Right. And uh, I mean, it was just it wasn't necessarily for me because it was just a lot of hard work and effort that I'm like, God, we haven't even touched a football yet. I'm not, I don't even know if I'm, I'm really into this. So, plus I was a soccer player and, uh, I really appreciate soccer. And in order to play football, I had to give up soccer. And, you know, I thought, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to give up soccer. I'm going to stick with, with, or I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to give up soccer. I want to go back. And, uh, that's exactly what happened. So I actually, I, I quit football, so to speak. Um, and, uh, without even touching a football in practice, if you can believe that, um, But, uh, I still, I I mean, football is my love. That's my, as a kid, I would watch football on TV. I was a Bills fan growing up, but of Mm. course, you know, back then it was, um, Monday night football was the big thing. I remember having a black and white TV. This is going to tell you how old I am. I had a black and white TV in my, in my bedroom as a kid, I'm talking like seven, eight, nine years old. And I, uh, I, I had it so I could watch the, um, Monday night football for like the first quarter. And so it started at 9 o'clock Eastern time. And, uh, you know, it, at 930, I had to turn off TV. Um, that was just kind of my uh, uh, introduction to watching as much football as I could, because back then you had one channel of, or well, two channels of football, right? You had CBS and you had NBC, I think, maybe at the time. That was before Fox and uh, so you get one uh, afternoon game and then you get, well, you get the early game and then you get the four o'clock game. And then you'd, of course, you'd have Monday night football. There was no Thursday night football. There was no Sunday night football. So um, that just kind of became my my interest. And we had season tickets to the Buffalo Bills uh, as a kid. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I grew up liking them. That's going back into the, the Joe Ferguson and Joe Cribbs and Jerry Butler era, uh, if you can go back that far, if you can recall that. Um, and you know, once they uh, once they got Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith and Andre Reed and Daryl Talley, you know that whole group, where and, and Marv Levy, you know the the heydays uh, of the Bills when they made it to four straight Super Bowls. That was like my uh, that was my prime for watching football. I was uh, in my I was in college, yeah. I graduated high school and went to college, and that was kind of around the time when the Bills became to. Uh, became popular with their first Super Bowl in 1990. Um, so yeah, I still have a uh, I still have a rug burn on my knee from when um, uh, Steve Christie missed the kick. Or no, sorry, sorry excuse me, Scott Norwood missed the kick uh, against the Giants um, in that in that Super Bowl wide right exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that's kind of the the start and beginning of my uh, interest in football. Uh, as far as fantasy football is concerned, it was kind of around that time. Uh, I remember it being in the nineties and, you know, this is back when, uh, let's see, Emmitt Smith, you got Warren moon, you know, players like that. I'm trying to remember some other guys who, um, uh, Marshall Falk later on, of course, uh, Terrell Davis, LaDainian Thomas, Tomlinson, you know, um, that's when I really started to kind of get involved with uh, fantasy football in the nineties, late nineties, early two thousands and such. And uh, that's where I found football guys, right? The message board, the old, I don't know if you've, if you've been there before way back in the beginning when they had the the old yellow message board uh, and then it turned blue, it changed to blue. Um, but a lot of people went in there and just kind of talked and chatted and, and uh, you know, everyone you could go to into, into various different message boards And talk about players, uh, teams, um, dynasty, IDP, you know, all these different types of uh, niche topics that you could uh, really learn as much as you can and also share with others. And Hmm. um, I just became kind of a regular on the boards and uh, I started to develop a uh, I've always been big into stats and statistics and, and interesting, neat tidbits of information. And uh, I would create these posts that just had to do with um, player stats and, you know, compiling different things. Like um, I, I can't think of anything right now, but um, uh, like over the last five years, these players are the only ones to have uh, 10 touchdowns in a season twice, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, it just kind of grew and uh, uh, it gathered some popularity on the boards and a lot of people were asking for it. they were like, Hey Jeff, you got any more of that? Yeah, yeah sure. So that became kind of like a weekly thing. Um, and uh, then one day in 2007, this was 2007 um, David Dodds, the owner part, the co-owner of football guys uh, reached out to me. He said, Hey, uh, I, I want to give you a call and, and uh, talk to you about um uh, I, I, you know, I don't think he told me at first. He didn't tell me until the phone call. Uh, I want to talk to you about something. Yeah. Um. So I got my number. He called me. He's talking to me. He's like, hey, you know, uh, we, we appreciate what you're what you've done on the site. We uh, uh we think you're a, a a good addition. Uh, you provide good content. Blah blah blah. This and that. Right. And uh, and then he said, you know, hey, we we want to bring you on on staff. How how would that sound? How how would that make you feel? And so you know, of course, I was like, whoa blown away thinking, Oh man, wow. I get to come on staff and, and, you know, kind of earn like a, a, a supplemental type of income doing something that I love my hobby here. This is great. Um, and, uh, it just kind of took off from there. And I think I, you know, I mentioned before on our show last week, just how much of uh, a family, really the the football guy staff has become. Um, and I've been with them since 2007 and every year, it seems like we get new staffers, and we usually have uh, uh, we have a, a retreat, a get together in Las Vegas at the end of the year to um, just kind of have the, all of our, our members of the staff who want to go uh, hang out. And uh, we talk, we talk football, we watch football in Las Vegas, and just a bunch of guys hanging out. Um, and uh, we've had uh, we've rented houses, we've stayed in uh, penthouses and, and casino hotels. I mean, it's just a, a fun time and uh, they kind of treat us well that way um, for the, some of the, uh, the efforts that we put in through the season and um, uh, you know, some of the revenue that the site has earned to kind of, you know, uh, gives it back to uh, to us, the staff. That's, that's kind of cool. You know, I like that. That's, that's definitely something that uh, I'll always remember and, and uh, cherish as far as memories are concerned. I have a lot of memories with the football guy staff watching playoff football games especially really good close tight games. And, uh, you know, of course a lot of us also, you know, might've put some money on, um, mm-hmm. on the game or the wager. And, you know, so it doesn't matter if it's, uh, um, uh, if it's a blowout or if it's close, we're always watching to the end just mm-hmm. to find out, okay, did we cover who covered? Oh man, you need this to happen. Oh, and then it happens. It's just like, you know, really cool. Um, I would love for more people to experience that. And, uh, you know, the people that I've met through football guys are, they're, they're friends. They're not just colleagues, they're friends and uh, their family. And, uh, I really get that, um, uh, uh that, 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 that way about, uh, you know, how things are there. So it's, um, it's exciting and, and I really enjoy it. And, uh, I'm very thankful and appreciative of everything football guys has done for me so, um, yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell, so to speak. And I keep uh, rambling, so I'm sorry. You probably, no, you I, I'm now. fine. Let me talk. <laughs> actually,
0: I love this. I love this ramble you're going on with now because it kind of goes a nice little segue into Calvin's next question. But before that, I just want to like – I had to sit down. I talked with Joe here uh, mm-hmm. actually on his birthday without knowing it was his birthday yeah, until you posted your thing out. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. I get that sense just talking to Joe that he he wants – it doesn't matter if he's known you for 15, 20 years or 15 or 20 seconds. Yeah. It's like he wants you to be part of his family. Just by mm. five minutes into a conversation, that's just how genuine Joe is. So I can see mm. why it's very easy to fall in love with the football guys because mm. uh, Dobbs and Brian, they, they put their stamp on that whole um, website, and you said it. it's more like
2: family than anything else. So Yeah, and that both uh, David and Joe have uh, made it their effort, their goal, to uh, to kind of bring that forth. And that's exactly what's happened. And they're doing a great job of that. And uh, I'm just glad I'm, I'm along for the ride.
1: It really is an amazing crew. And I, I'm a longtime subscriber to Football Guys. I love Football Guys. I do remember the message boards. I was more of a lurker. I was not, wasn't really uh, you know involved in making any posts or anything like that. Um, but you know, even like the flagship show, right. I mean, like, it's just very open, very, you know, inviting. I mean, you, you certainly feel like you're, you know, Bloom show is on the couch. I mean, it's like, it's a, it that's does have that form too.
2: That's, yeah. that's, that fits him so, so well. And he does that really well. Uh, yeah. and he just has that background that, uh, that mystique that, um, you know, Hey, come down, come here, sit on the couch, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, yeah. you know it just his way, he's, he talks like that, you know. So um, I, it's obviously a
1: you know, it's obviously a very talented group, Um, but I want to just talk about maybe some other potential talents that they have. Uh, we've yeah. got the combine coming up here, and you know, like we've all seen Rich Eisen running the forty. We've all seen you know some people trying to do things like that. If the football guys staff went through the combine, who would be the standout?
2: Oh wow! Like who would be the athlete? Who would be the athlete? He would be uh, the one scout we're
1: all talking about at the end. Like, man, did you see how athletic he was? Did you see his forty time? Did you see his uh, bench press?
2: Whatever it is. Oh man, I don't know. We're we're probably a bunch of uh um. <laughs> let's see what's what's a, what's a good way to describe it. Um. Oh, wait, what's that? <laughs> couch potatoes? My wife from the <laughs> corner. Um. Yeah, we're a bunch of couch potatoes. No, I for um. I would say, let's see who is the most athletic football guy. That's probably our guy. And shoot, I don't know. Maybe it is him. I don't know. Dave Larkin, who is one of our uh, one of our football guys from Ireland. Um, Mm. He is. uh, I can see him doing well in the in the three cone drill. Um, (laughs) But we've got some height and some size. Uh, Jeff T for Tiller is you know he's pretty tall uh John Lee, Austin Lee as well. Um shoot, Cecil uh Cecil Lammy probably could get something done plus he's going to be familiar with the with the drills. I, I uh, feel like he would
1: be, I feel like the bench press would be his uh his thing, right? I mean like he just seems <laughs> like the kind of guy who would be strong.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Of course we got Gene Gene Bramble, the good doctor, um hmm. Matt Waldman, um you know, I don't know if any one of us uh, who would be the favorite to win a race? I have no idea. That's, that's hilarious to think about.
0: (laughs) It Um, might be an actual good thing that Gene shows up for this for you
2: guys. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, But uh, shoot, I don't know. That's, that's funny just to think about it. Yeah. um, I would say, I would say the majority of us would rather sit in the couch and have a beer than, uh, you know, go out to the track and, and uh, with a stopwatch. So um, if that, if that help, tells you anything, but I mean, we do have some, you know, athletic people and, and, uh, you know, Hey, I'm going to have an avocado first before French fry. Um, uh, you know, but, um, I'm not necessarily one of those persons myself. This is starting
0: to show sound like the, that scene in Grown Ups too, where they like all go back and they're on the basketball court and like one oh, yeah. by one. Okay.
2: Yeah. We actually had uh, basketball tournaments uh at in in las vegas in some of our retreats you know because the the house that we rented has a has a basketball court um and so we've had some uh in fact matt waldman once said as you know we're like taking our shots for horse or whatever everyone's missing you know it's like clang he's like this is what what did he say he said this would be a good commercial he said this is why we're football guys <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's pretty funny um <laughs>
1: Who would uh, who would be the first of you guys to uh, have something come out about you on TikTok? Something come out about us on TikTok? Who who would have who would have the most controversial TikTok account?
2: Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know, man. Maybe um, actually, it probably would be Cecil. If not, <laughs> if not Cecil, um, um oh man. Devin Knott's, maybe? You know him, you know, the big Ohio State guy. That's that's his thing, is like, oh, he's the Ohio State guy. Um, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. So it's safe to say that no one
0: would be playing basketball if they weren't <laughs> yeah. writing for fantasy football. But if you weren't doing this fantasy football thing, I know you do got a little digital thing on the side. You got a yeah. nice little thing we're gonna plug a little bit later with fanatics and stuff like that. But if it wasn't for what we're doing, what would you be doing with your
2: everything? Uh, well, I would be, you I mean, as far as like hobbies and such for me? I mean, I would probably be just like one of the guys who uh, just enjoys fantasy football and is probably, uh, you know, uh, talking with and, and uh, communicating with some of these other guys who do, who are writers or analysts or such. Um, for me, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I you could always say I'd be doing things with my kids and stuff, but um, if you're just asking about me, yeah, I mean, I uh, before um, back when this was popular, uh, I would used to go to uh, I'd used to go to the the sports bar every Sunday and just watch as many games as I could with friends of mine. Uh, then I had uh, then I got married, then I had kids, and so that kind of changed, but. Um, why do I, I get a feeling it. in
0: like five years from now, kids are going to be like, Daddy, what was it like to go to a bar? <laughs> yeah, What yeah. was it yeah. like to go out with people?
2: Yeah, remember that? Remember remember what the nightlife and social life used to be? Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed that. You asked a question, too, before about baseball, and I like baseball. I like watching baseball. I used to be in a fantasy baseball league. This was prior to joining football guys on staff. Uh, I did a lot of fantasy baseball every year. And, um, I, the league that I was in real competitive league, uh, I've always been like, you know, really close for the playoffs and I almost made it to, I made it to the championship and then lost. Well, the last year that, uh, I played fantasy baseball was 2007, right before football guys. And I didn't really have time and effort to, to put into fantasy baseball after that. Well, I went on in a high because I won my baseball league that year. And, uh, (laughs) that was the last time I played fantasy baseball um and uh won the championship so that was pretty cool be- especially because it was a it's it's a very competitive league um but uh yeah i mean i enjoy all sports really baseball hockey soccer football uh, golf even though i'm not a very good golfer um yeah i like it all i like bowling <laughs> i like all kinds of things we're only like
1: Nine days since the Super Bowl, but it already seems like everybody forgot 2020 football season existed. And now only 2021 uh, coverage is what everybody is looking for now. I know you've got a lot of stuff with uh, Panthers SI and you've got, you know, your podcast, things like that. What else are you working on this offseason?
2: Just with with football, guys, I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, um, which is uh, some article tagging. So once, uh, once people start writing articles, this is like after the draft and such, as we prepare and get into July, August, September, um, what I'll do is I'll kind of scour the web and look for really cool articles and uh, link those articles to our site with the player page that they're associated with. So let's just say, for example, um, Dynasty League Football has, a, has an article about uh, a rookie, Let's Jamar Chase, right? And um, Football Guys has a player page for Jamar Chase and... Of course, you know, there's all kinds of um, articles that we might link, you know, towards him. But um, for all other articles around the web, you know, we'll we'll associate those with him as well. So if you're on the Football Guys page for Jamar Chase, you're going to see articles from Football Guys. uh, You're also going to see articles from other sites as well. So I kind of help and and, uh, tag those articles. Um, Again, behind-the-scenes stuff. We do a lot of collaborative pieces, you know, like we'll talk about – uh, what player uh, w- would you say is is the um, is going to be the biggest fantasy production uh jump of players who change teams this year, right? So we might we might all you know kind of chime in a little bit on that, or those who choose to. Um lots of different collaborative pieces like that. Um, rankings, I'll be working on that, of course, always dynasty rankings, rookie rankings. Um helping and assisting out with mock drafts. Um, you know, there's there's a, a number of different things that I'll do in the offseason, but uh, those are probably the, the biggest ones for fo- football guys. And uh, as far as Panthers SI, yeah, I'll do some writing. Um, I've got a podcast that I have with Carolina, uh, with the Carolina Panthers called Carolina Fandom. It's all about the fans of Carolina sports, um, namely the, the Panthers, but also the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, of course, Charlotte has their MLS team the, the um, Charlotte FC, which is new. Uh, that doesn't start until uh, 2022, but it's it's fairly big and, and uh, is growing and gaining steam here in the Charlotte area. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And um, this coming next couple months, I've got uh, the show. I'm going to feature some draft scouts and some draft analysts on the show. Uh, Shane P. Hallam, you might have heard of him. Andy Singleton, who's uh, People's Pen um on twitter um uh let's see uh draft daddy on twitter who is matt uh, batanti he's going to talk about the offensive line with us nobody talks about nobody talks about offensive line so we're gonna we're gonna hit that and just kind of um john chapman who's uh does a lot of work for the san francisco 49ers uh he'll be on the show too as well just going over some prospects um and especially like and i'm looking forward to having some of these draft scouts on so we can ask him some questions you know like not only just about like, what do you do as a scout, right? And for people who might be interested in that, there's a lot of people interested in wanting to be a scout. Um, but also, hey, tell me about someone that isn't getting a whole lot of publicity right now that you're fairly high on. And, you know, who's the Tom Brady of this, right? Who's the six rounder or the 199th pick who could, you know, be someone in, in the NFL and uh, be a productive fantasy assets especially in dynasty league so really excited to to hear about that um i don't know who's your who's the james robinson yeah that's right yeah who's the james robinson you know that one who's your james robinson
1: that's right up Matt's alley. I mean, you're you couldn't be like grooving him a fastball in there any <laughs>
2: any better than that, Is that one. The right that Chain Park fastball to Cal Ripken in the All Star Yeah, game? A little Sheffield action there. A Sheffield action, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, J- James Robinson was my guy from like before the draft even kicked off. There, I was all over the Illinois State thing because I, I was catching with Marshawn Coppershire a couple of years ago. I kind of noticed that. I was like, oh man, this. Mm-hmm. I got into the whole Illinois. Once you start going down that rabbit hole of small schools. There's no coming out. There's yeah. no coming out because it's just the the stories they have are so. How how did these like James Robinson should have been a top player in a power five school, but somehow ended up in Illinois State? So mm-hmm. trying to figure out how that all happened is kind of fun to do, right? So
2: yeah, no, that's that's cool. So do you have the next James Robinson? Uh,
0: I'm working on a couple here right now. Yeah, I got a couple up the sleeve here. So. Okay.
2: All right. Sounds like you'll keep that a secret for now, which is fine. Um, I wasn't really turned on to James Robinson until Leonard Fournette was released. So, I mean, I I barely even really knew his name, uh, to be honest. And uh, then I started to realize and it was um, I was listening to the NFL Network. And uh, gosh, who was it that was on there that was talking about him? Uh, it was someone from Jacksonville. Oh, man, was it? It might have been Fournette. No man, it couldn't have been now. Anyway, someone was on NFL Network talking about this guy who's the, been the talk of training camp and uh, the talk of preseason, uh, and he's going to turn some heads. And I'm like, oh wow, I got all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do some work on this. I'm gonna have to try and figure out who that was. And thankfully, I was able to get him in a couple of different air and and a couple different dynasty teams. Um, so yeah, wow, yeah, James Robinson is is a uh, a tremendous uh player when we talk about those kind of guys and and running backs and it depends on who you talk to but i mean the running backs really matter i mean sure you've got your christian mccaffrey's right but you also have your james robinson's and it's almost like it's it's a system it's it's your offense it's your coach it's your offensive strategy it's it's how do you involve and strategize to use the your running backs i mean look at mike davis i mean mike davis had a pretty decent fantasy year um it kind of makes you wonder is, is McCaffrey really that good? What would happen if McCaffrey went to Houston, right? Like we just talked about, right? The trade possibility, or you know, some other team that's not necessarily you know, has a strong offense, they're more defensive oriented. How would McCaffrey do there? Um, I mean, I, I love McCaffrey, I know that he was the best uh wide receiver, even or the best receiver, uh, at the combine when in uh, what was it 2017? Um, and it was it was. Painfully obvious that you know McCaffrey was not only a good running back but also a darn good receiver, and uh, I'm just thankful that Carolina scooped him up and and was able to get him. Uh, We'll see what they do with their number eight pick this time. I think McCaffrey was an was an eighth pick. Went after um, uh, Fournette went ahead of him as the running backs, and you never really see top ten running backs anymore. Uh, So it's kind of interesting to uh, to 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 see that, Um, but.
0: Well, we got to see if they hold on to that number eight pick. What's that? We got to see if they hold on to that number eight pick. There's no yeah. guarantee they hold on to that yet.
2: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. They could either move up or move down. I mean, who knows? Who knows? That's the fun. That's the fun of it all is uh, is the game, right? Is the uh, the strategies involved with drafting and trading.
0: Yeah. So we, we, we've touched base on the football guys a few times here throughout the show. Um who are some of the people you look for advice? Not
2: only in fasty football and stuff, but in life itself. Life itself, advice. Uh, my wife, I guess. I mean, she she's a huge piece. She is incredibly smart and talented, and uh, uh, you know, I I like to surround myself with people who are smarter and uh, um, uh, more aware of. She has street smarts. Street smarts, I should say. Right, and and uh, uh, I could definitely see myself. Um, turning to her for various different things um in addition to that um i don't know friends um other people on the football guy's staff that i'm close to um jeff t tiller is one yeah he's really great on in dynasty but he's just a good person overall in general um gosh i don't know lots of people yeah
1: yeah And you probably get like, I don't know, a thousand like, uh, you know, start sick questions or should I trade this guy for this guy type questions, you know, things like that. But you have your own teams too. And I know like, I feel like a thousand times better giving someone else advice sometimes than my own teams. Yeah. Who, when you're thinking about a trade or you're thinking about making a move of some kind like that, who's your go-to guy? Who do you ask? Hey, should I make this move?
2: I like to talk to Ryan McDowell about that. Uh, Jeff T for killers, another one, uh, um, Daniel Simpkins, another one, uh, he's on the football guy staff as well. Um, really smart, knowledgeable dynasty people. And, you know, I might have a, an opinion about a, a, a certain, um, angle of a trade or, uh, which side would, would be beneficial. Um, I'll also ask Twitter too. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, Hey, I want to just kind of take your temperature on this trade possibility, even though it's not real, uh, or sometimes they are. Um, hey, what do you think of this offer? Do I need to add more? And, you know, the, the results of that poll will kind of give me that answer. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, there's definitely some people that I, that I will turn to when it comes to Dynasty, uh, like the ones I already mentioned. Uh, I, I think it's, I like to be able to do, to be able to do that, right? Because you, we all don't have the answers and it's always good to get uh, an opinion from other people, especially people that you respect. So um, I'm all for that. Yeah. What, what would be,
1: I guess, you know, you mentioned going around like to the, um, you know, look for articles to, to link for football guys, thing, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, For anybody who is like a, you know, like a, a newer writer, somebody who is uh producing content like that, what what's some advice you might have for someone who's, you know, producing content who, you know, would, would want to have like, you know, a guy like you look at it and think like, oh, that's a good article. I'd like to link it.
0: I would say. Is there any chance? Sorry, sorry, there, Jeff. Uh-huh. Is there any chance that you would
2: link a Taysom Hill article to your website? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so the, the the question was what specifically? What uh, say that one more time?
1: No, just like basically, like what would be your advice for you know young writers or like certain mistakes okay. that you see for them to avoid things like that.
2: Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is when you're writing is to uh, have good content with your writing. Um, if, if you can, if you've got a thought in your head and how to compile the information to create your um, theory on, on the, you know, the article or maybe it's something that uh, are you are you writing about a thought? Are you writing about an opinion? Are you writing about a fact? Are you writing about stats? You know, what is it? Find your niche. What is it that you like to do the most, um, and uh, and kind of grow on that? Um, but yeah, providing good content I think is is key. You know, people want to read interesting things. Um, some people like lists. Some people like stats. You know, some people like uh, they like to know. You know, like comparing one player versus another, or they like to know the the strategies of a coaching staff, or they like to know the the stats behind. How well a team does when they have a new coach, you know, whatever it might be. Um, just find something that that you like, that's interesting to you. Because if you like it and it's interesting to you, chances are other people are going to find that uh, interesting as well. Um, what else? I um, mean, as far as like the layout of writing is concerned, I mean, you want it to be readable. No one likes to read one huge long paragraph, right? Use use your opportunity to, uh, you know, guide your, your viewer, your reader uh, in your article. You know, have paragraphs, uh, bold certain things. If there's a, a, an interesting stat that you want to share, make it bold. Uh, have it stand out. Um, just make things a little bit more uh, easier to read. And I, I think that goes a long way. I mean, I remember seeing some articles that, uh, you know, it's literally just a paragraph long or... or And it's a long paragraph, right? And you're like, "Oh wow, okay." Um, You know, I shared a little bit of advice to this to this uh, to the author of this, and uh, you know, it it turned out, you know, it it really fixed his style. Um, So that's something. Um,
1: So you are familiar with Matt's writing, then, is your you're saying?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you got to break it up, man. You got to break it up. um, I I do break
0: it up though. I put I put commas in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like one long sentence. Yeah. For like 200. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you, know, 200 you also have to learn. You learned.
2: You learned uh, how to spell certain players' names. There's nothing worse than reading an article and you know it's like you know I don't know the name is misspelled or or something or Devonte is is not with a with an E it's with an A or it's an E and not an A or it's an O. I mean, there's how many? There's like seven ways to spell Devonte. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, you want to make sure that you have all of that. Um, little things like that. I think they all make a difference, but it also helps to share your article with others too. And Twitter could be a nice little you know place to do this as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, gaining um, people on, on, on Twitter or social media that uh, respect you and, and uh, appreciate your work. Um, I think if you are a friend to others, they'll be a friend to you, right? So if you're helping someone else to... Um, kind of get their article out or share more, uh, more views with that particular on that article, or helping somebody out. Chances are that person then is going to come back and do the same for you. So there's a lot of uh, um, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. That you can benefit from uh, not only in Twitter but just social media in general. Um, shoot, I don't know. That's a we talked about a lot, a lot of coverage there. Yeah, you we summed it up
0: in one nice paragraph. Um, let's see here.
2: <laughs> Come
0: on, that, that's a perfect segue. That's a good closing line. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. And it's like, and nothing,
2: like nothing. Jeff's like hey, looking at me all serious. You're like Matt, on you said, mute. I'm like. You said you're from Canada, right? Yes, I did. W- where from Canada are you from? Oh,
0: uh, I am from uh, just, uh, it's called Medicine Hat. It's about two and a half hours south of Calgary, Alberta.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. So, have you had your share of ice fishing? Uh, yeah, we've got our ice fishing going on here. Like I was saying at the top of the show there, we've hit about minus 45 a couple times in the last couple weeks. So, Wow. And that's that's Fahrenheit. It doesn't matter Celsius or Fahrenheit, <laughs> minus 40 is minus 40.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, Basically,
1: man. every Canadian stereotype. Like, yes, he's the nicest person in the world. Yes, he's driven a Zamboni. Like, yes, he's done <laughs> ice fishing. All of those things.
0: <laughs> Actually, Jeff, you might appreciate this. So, I think it was 2008, eight or 11. I'm not hundred percent sure. Remember the outdoor game that was in Calgary, Alberta. Yes. The, the NHL has an outdoor game. I put the ice in.
2: Oh, all right. Hey, look I at was, that. I was, a,
0: pro- I was <laughs> a member of the team that put the ice in there. So yeah, I've literally, like he says, I have my lumberjack jackets. They're upstairs. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, I drink maple syrup with everything. You, you name the stereotype. I hit it, drank it. You just drank it right out of the bottle. eh? And you just kind of <laughs> go to town what's your who's your who's your hockey team is it calgary uh, no it's actually uh the montreal Canadiens.
2: okay
0: so, all right uh yep. my, my dad grew up a leafs fan so i had to be a, a canadians fan because you know you have to do the opposite of your father that's kind of how this all works <laughs> in life yeah so yeah that, right. that's how that all got started there but fair yeah, enough but we got uh, i still write i throw the words a e h into my writing Every once in a while, you'll see the words a boot in my writing. So,
2: uh, (laughs) Hey, speaking of uh, hockey, we have, uh, we've got a hockey player on the football guy staff, James Brimacomb. Um, and he's originally from Canada lives in Utah now, but, um, and he, he's, he does just wonders with our best ball coverage. He does so much (laughs) best ball. That's his thing. Um, but yeah, he's a big hockey player, so he likes to play hockey. Uh, we'll talk hockey with him. Uh, so it's fun. Um, who else likes hockey a lot? Uh, Aaron Rudnicki. He's kind of a little bit behind the scenes. Doesn't do a lot of Twitter, but man, that guy knows his sports. Um, shoot, I love talking hockey. I'm a Sabres fan myself, and there's not a lot of hockey in the, in the South Carolina. I mean, you've got your your Carolina Hurricanes, which is great. I never, I, I never really could get on board that bandwagon. I, I as much as I want to, and I I, I like the team. I like the fans. Um. Yeah. I'm just uh, I, I'm, I can't was always a Sabres fan and they probably lost tonight, man. They're, they're just struggling. But uh um see uh, old school and Carolina,
0: the hurricanes, no matter how much you try and do it, they're uh-huh. always gonna be the Hartford Whalers to me. Yeah, you know, All right. I still remember the Hartford Whalers and the old Cooperole pants. You know, that's when they had like pants, they wore pants on the ice instead of the 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 shorts, so to speak, yeah. right. Yeah. The Cooper, rolls, fantastic. One of the greatest inventions ever, by the way. It goes great with the Jofa helmets. <laughs> but you know, even Colorado, they'll always be the uh, the Quebec Nordique to me, right? Yeah, it's true. The Dallas Stars will always be the Minnesota North Stars. Right. And no matter how you cut it and say it, that's that's who it's always going to be. So for me, Carolina will always be Hartford. I remember when they moved from Hartford to Carolina, the guy at the rink actually moved with the team and like lived in his trailer outside of uh, Carolina's facility.
2: <laughs> hey you know we talk we if we keep talking about hockey you're gonna have to put uh nhl and hockey as a keyword in your youtube um, uh seo oh but-
0: man I, i'm not smart enough to figure all that out yet <laughs> I, i'm trying to figure that seo we're SA, not there whatever yet. I, yeah it, it's not there i'm actually surprised there's still someone watching to be honest with you
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: that's as soon good. as we start talking hockey, I was waiting for that number to go like negative something. Right. So it's
2: like ESPN. What's hockey?
0: Right. And you're watching the Dynasty Vipers Ocho channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next up, man. darts. Followed by padded fat man hacky sack and what? rake fighting. Matt, have you done curling before? I have actually. Yep. Yeah. Oh I'm I am sure. a man with a broom. <laughs> now, now if I tried to curl, I ain't getting back up. <laughs> that's, that's, it's plain and simple. It ain't happening. But yeah, we, it was actually part of our school curriculum for for, for phys ed. Of we course. had actually took curling and fencing, by the way. By the way, they really? had a place. Yeah. I had actually stopped fencing because apparently I wasn't doing it properly. <laughs> <laughs> apparently oh, giving God. me a sharp object to stab other kids with is not
2: a good <laughs> idea.
0: Who would have thought <laughs> that?
2: What about you, man? Can you talk about like biting off the head of a uh, um, of an alligator? Or- Whatever they're called down there, crawfish.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yes, I can. Uh, it's actually sucking, <laughs> sucking the head of a crawfish there and eating the go. tail. Um man, Have you done
2: that before? Oh yeah. Oh gosh.
1: I, like, you, as a you kid, know. that's just like in bread. Like you just you you go to a crawfish. Oh, it's in bread. Little... All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is some weird things.
1: That's coming from a Canadian man. I ain't sucking on no fish. <laughs> I, look, it's it's it's. Don't knock it till you try it. It's actually really good. Um, but no, like you're, you guys are talking about hockey and like, you know, I'm from New Orleans. So we, we never ice, seen right? ice, hardly, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it, it's just, there's, there's no hockey. Like I, I really missed out cause I wish I had a favorite hockey team. I wish I had kind of adopted one growing up, but like, you know, nobody in my family liked hockey. Um, the only thing, my only experience with hockey was like rollerblades in like the rollerblade rink, they would they would have like these little like makeshift <laughs> hockey.
2: Roller so they derby to make
1: a thing for a while. Did New or Orleans
2: have a roller derby team? <laughs> it was back in the 1980s. Like ESPN.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny because one of my good friends. So I've had the privilege of working in a junior hockey facility, uh, the WHL, CHL. It's the next step before the NHL. It's kind of like college football, and. Yeah a good friend of mine, he's much younger than I am, he actually grew up in Long Beach, played roller hockey, and made his way up to playing ice hockey. And he still skates like that with the bull-legged kind of approach. But he actually played in the NHL with the Ducks, with the Rangers. And I want to say there was, uh, the Ducks, the Rangers. There might have been one other team, but he actually went all the way to the show. But he started off as a roller hockey player too. All right, so who's this player?
2: That's Emerson Edom. Emerson mm. Edom emerson emerson okay can't say i know him sorry emerson um ah shoot yeah what else? I,
1: I do remember going uh as a kid going with bb guns which did nothing to these animals uh, at all so you know don't don't go to my mentions about this but we would shoot m- bb guns at alligators um we, we would go out like in the swampier areas and we like, even if they flinched for a second, usually they didn't, even if they flinched for a second, we would take off. Like we were, I don't know, probably eight, nine years old. Can't believe like my parents let us do that. I would never, you know, but that's just, you know, you grow up around, it's just, it's a different, different world down here.
2: Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. Um Shoot. It, it, how long have you been a Saints fan?
1: Whole life. I mean, like, you know, like, I remember the, the head. Fan or the head. Or not
2: quite, not quite that. Who? A bag on the head fan with the Aints.
1: Oh, yeah, with the Aints. Um, I remember as a kid, um Bobby Abear used to come to the little uh Sunday uh brunch place like during the off season where you know we would go after church and he would come in there and and uh you know shake everybody's hands and just magnanimous guy, maybe the most uh charismatic guy I've ever seen. Hmm. But um
2: yeah, because he's from there too, right? Isn't he from the area? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's still you know he's on the radio every day.
2: Yeah, wow, that's a cool mm-hmm. story.
0: Hey. So, segue. Speaking of cool stories, what's that? Everyone's got that one favorite league that they're in. That favorite league, I don't know. It's maybe the very first league you played in in 1993, whatever that is. What's that one league, and what makes that league so special?
2: Well, I, I had a, a local keeper league that I loved. It was awesome. Um, had a lot of, well, local people in it as well as local analysts too. Fan- fantasy people. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but unfortunately the, the commissioner folded that league, he, he, no one else really wanted to be commissioner and, uh, he kind of had his fill. Um, I think he just had an, a, a new daughter and he kind of wanted to be more home for that. And, you know, he just kind of quit cold Turkey and, and the league never, never really, captured itself again. So that was my favorite league, but now I would say my favorite league probably every year is either the football guy staff league or the flex league. I really like the flex leagues. Uh, that's something that um, uh, Jake Seeley uh, does each year. Uh, usually have the draft in either New York city or in Washington, DC, other fantasy mm-hmm. analysts and stuff and writers and such uh, go and participate. It's a lot of fun. It's live. Although not this past year, of course. COVID. um but it's it's great to see everybody and uh good to meet people um have fun travel vacation at the same time and then draft what could be better um and of course the the football guys staff league uh i've won it twice before in the idp league um i haven't won the non-idp league though uh so it's still it's still elusive um and then there's the staff dynasty league too i like that as well um Oh, I don't know. I, I'm in, I'm not in a whole lot of leagues. I mean, there's people who are in like a lot of leagues. That's not me. I'm, I'm kind of like eight, nine leagues. That's kind of like my, uh, my, my end point. I, I don't like to have to every week just go through, okay, when's my, when's my waivers due this week for this, you know, for this league? Um, who do I need to pick up here? And there's just so much work, effort, times, blood, sweat, tears that goes into that. And, I don't, times, I don't know how
0: many times. I don't know how many times this year I like started players who weren't even playing. <laughs> uh, I, I had 42 leagues on the go, and I know every week there's at least two teams that had a player not even in the lineup in my roster still. Like yeah. you set that lineup on Tuesday and you hope for the best. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I got one of these leagues too. Uh, Bob Lung invited me into the Kings Classic here last year. Oh, yeah, year. I'm familiar I've with that. Obviously, we didn't get to go to Canton to do the draft. Uh-huh. Uh, super stoked to get like some of those minds, like you said, going there, networking, meeting these people, and then just make drafting football with these guys. That's going to be something special in itself. Do you have any crazy stories about your home league draft that are just like, you know what, how is that even possible? Like I had one league where the commissioner was arrested midway through the season, and we could not get the league fees back. Oh, no. You know, oh, when you no, see MFL no. go crazy stories or Scott Fish tells these, cra- yeah, one of those stories was literally our league where the commissioner ended up in jail for whatever reason. At the, we could not get the money out of safe leagues, it was in crazy. it was crazy. That
2: sounds like an episode from the league,
0: yeah, he might, he might uh, have took that from there. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a crazy story. Let me think of something, uh, man. Shoot, I don't know. Um, one time we had a kind of <laughs> – one time we had a shouting match with two with uh, uh, another league that was drafting at the same time in, in the same um, restaurant on uh, – like, I don't know. I guess we were being too loud and they were not happy and they couldn't hear their picks and, and it just kind of got – it wasn't a bar fight, but it was getting close to it. A bunch of uh, guys uh, eating chicken wings and beer uh, with their um, you know peer uh, – Pierre Garcon jerseys on. Um, I remember that one guy. He had a Pierre Garcon jersey, Uh, Colts, Um, and he was just like, you know, I don't know, in our face. But I think it was the alcohol. (laughs) Nothing, nothing too too grand of a story there. But I, I, you kind of had to be there, and it it was over before it. It it really got really bad, but uh, still kind of funny.
0: So, Pierre Garcon guy. It's always Pierre Garçon, you know what I mean? It, I love Pierre Garçon.
1: I really did. <laughs> i like,
2: who has a Pierre Garçon jersey? Whatever, from the Colts. Like, you know Yeah, they, they were out of Reggie White? They were out of Marvin Harrison? <laughs> that, that, you know what
0: it probably was? He probably just went to Washington, mm-hmm. and they got that jersey on the discount rack is probably what it was. Um, or it was Pierre's brother. We don't know. Uh, yeah. We're at the 70-minute mark here right now. So, Jeff, we're going to give you a second just kind of plug away what you got going on again, where people can find you. Uh, okay. Have of her here.
2: Sure. Uh, well, gosh, you can find me a lot of different places. Uh, at, at, at footballguys.com. Uh, you can look at my – right now you can look at my rookie rankings, my dynasty rankings. Uh, keep in mind that we've got some um, draft work coming, um, articles – either by myself or by other people on the staff. So I'm I'm doing a lot of that. Uh, My podcast, Carolina fandom is growing and gaining steam. If you're a Panthers fan, it's a great watch. Uh, We, we're going to have draft analysts and draft scouts talking about the, the uh, rookie prospects that are going to be in the NFL draft. So that's, that's important no matter what team you're a fan of. Sure. We'll have some uh, talk about which picks might be good for Carolina, but, there's also going to be a lot of discussion and a lot of uh, just knowledge being spewed on a lot of these prospects. And that's kind of cool, especially um, we'll have uh, Matt Patanti on, who's also with football guys, but he's an offensive line expert and uh, he's going to talk about the rookie offensive linemen and they don't get enough publicity and people are like, who's that? Or, you know, I might ask Matt, you know, um, Hey, tell me about a guy who who could be uh uh, a, a starter, you know, a multiple year starter that you could get in the third round, you know, someone like that. Um, so it, it's, uh, we're going to have a lot of, uh, good information to share on the podcast. Uh, so you can see me there. Um, I will be doing some writing also with, uh, Carolina or with, excuse me, Panthers SI. Uh, I've already rent, written an article for them, uh, all about the pros and cons of whether or not Carolina should trade for Deshaun Watson which was our, our headlining topic to begin the, 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 uh, the show here. Um, so check that out. So yeah. And Twitter, of course I'm on Twitter all the time. Shoot. I'm like addicted to the thing. Um, I, I really enjoy talking to people on Twitter. Uh, it's fun to get to know people. And, uh, just one more thing about Twitter is if, if you're looking to kind of grow your own brand, your own self, um, be a, be a friend and, uh, be someone who can um, help others. And if you do that, people are going to do the same for you. And I, I, that goes a long, long, long way. Um, I found a lot of people that uh, I, I call friends through Twitter, even though I really have not really even met them. Um, it's uh, it, it's really cool. When you can like ask someone for some help or some assistance or, Hey, can you want to do this for me? Will you, will you be on my podcast? Um, you know, and they'll say, yeah, sure. That'd be great. And then you get to know them and, uh, uh, you know, they become kind of a mainstay in your social media life. So, um, do that, get as many people as you can on your side. And I think you'll go far and you'll start to see more, um, more fun and more involvement on, on Twitter for sure. Anything else you want to pub there? A little fanatics, maybe? Oh, That's, um, yeah, well, that's still kind of a work in progress. Um, so I mean,
0: um, nothing, nothing to see here, nothing to see here.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. It's, um, I I just can't say anything official yet. So, um, but yeah, as far as my, my, my graphic design career, that's something that I didn't even mention. That's something that, uh, um, is something that I, I started early 2020 as a career change. So, um, i've only been doing that for a year and so far you know it's kind of taken me to some places that i didn't think it would this early but uh definitely something i have interest in i i I like writing or i like yeah i mean i I like writing football articles and such but i also like to design logos and uh you know help out in that way um so yeah that's that's uh that's an area that i have an interest in that's a passion of mine so i enjoy that as well and uh, there's a whole niche of designers especially in the fantasy football community there's a lot of us like that and uh, it's also good to uh, uh communicate with others for sure
1: yeah bob gilchrist is one of those he was in the uh, uh comments here so shout out to bob he does a great job he put our background that's you know that back there behind you the oh, snake guys sharp. behind you did yeah, he do the, he, the, uh,
2: the motion at the beginning too that whole um yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's sharp oh, that's oh, really no, cool. the, so the video, if you're referring to the video, uh-huh. the
0: video is uh, Mike is Finero. He's another good friend of ours. There, he kind of put the video together. We actually got another video we're trying to put together in production, kicking some ideas around to kind of give it a different little vibe, a little rock and roll, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, sure. And Bob Bob's the guy who puts the little thumbnails together for us. Uh, that image that we rock off the get go. All our promotional stuff on the YouTube. On the Twitter, any kind of picture that you see with anything that we put out there is Bob Gilchrist. So, graphics yep. guys, unsung heroes when it comes yeah. to fantasy football. Really, they yeah, can make you look professional.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot, and there's a lot of talented people. And you know, I, I just kind of hope to be in that, uh, in that same sentence someday. You know, or at least kind of doing my own niche. So, um, I enjoy that a lot.
0: Well, like I said, we're we're hitting about the seventy-five minute mark here. Uh, Jeff, we want to thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you mentioned about being nice to each other and getting friends in your corner. I thought you were really talking to me on that because this actually started funny enough by you putting out a follow train kind of thing out Mm -hmm. there. Oh, yeah, and all of a sudden I was following you, you followed me, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna slide on into his DMs. I slid (laughs) into your DMs, hey, you want to do the show? And you're like, absolutely, let's do this. Yeah, and then you did the team spotlight series, which Calvin's gonna talk about here in a second. But it just kind of worked, that's how it worked out. And I've noticed that, you know, some people can make a living out of being an ass on Twitter. It's good. It works for them, I guess. There's certain people that can do it. It ain't for me. It ain't my Mm -hmm. style. But, you know, all the power to you. But I've met, it's all that old saying that you you catch more bees with honey than you do vinegar, so to speak, right? So um,
1: (laughs) that's for Calvin.
0: That seems like something from down south that you might say.
1: That's one of those nice southern sayings. but yeah, the, the only thing I'll, I'll say, and, and and we we can uh go to the outro here. But uh, I, I, so Thursday, speaking of being nice, people like jumping on on shows. Matt Wallman's kind enough to come on on Thursday to do the team spotlight series, to talk about the Browns. Oh, that'll so, be great. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, we even said like, hey, you want to do like like behind the grind and like just talk about yourself or would you rather talk about the Browns? He said, I want to talk about the Browns. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get some OBJ hype in there. You know, we'll get people talk. We'll talk about Baker <laughs> yeah, and all the all the great stuff. Um, but yeah, so anybody listening, make sure watch out for that because that's coming on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Um, it's That's Matt, funny. great people.
0: It's funny. We're basically turning into like a low-budget football guys right now. We've got <laughs> Jeff on here. We've talked to Joe. We got Sig coming on a little bit later. You got Waldman coming on the spot. Like we're really getting all the football guys here for our shows. It's fantastic. That's, that's, but that's, that's, I think that's, that's more. Cool. Of a, that's good. I think that's more of a testament to what you guys have over there. Um, yes, you guys got that name brand going on. Football guys is a huge brand. You guys are all terrific people. Everyone knows all the football guys. But on the flip side, every time we've asked someone to do a show, every one of you guys have been, yeah, absolutely, let's do this. Let's set something up. And it's kind of that like giving back to the community thing that you kind of mentioned there a little bit earlier mm-hmm. that I think is so underrated. And especially with everything that's gone on in 2020, what's how 2021 starting to shape up, it's those little things that are going under the radar. And I think it's good that we can appreciate these uh, moments as a fantasy football community and kind of grow as grow together as one. And it starts with uh, individuals like yourself and the football guys uh, helping out those smaller market, so to speak uh, teams like the dynasty vipers, for example. So uh, again, greatly appreciated. And uh, thank you for your time. Uh, Calvin just mentioned, he's got the Browns spotlight series with Waldman and probably a couple other guests we'll throw in there too, just to kind of mess with Waldman. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Uh, for uh, for Jeff, for Calvin, I'm Matt Donnelly. This is the Dynasty Vipers ViperCast episode 42-ish. Don't fact check me. And, 42 and a
2: half. Uh, that was a long one.
0: And we gone.